Welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. A place to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. This is where repentance starts. And who am I? I'm just the voice of one calling out saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at the underground. If you don't mind when you come in, can you put it on mute, please? If you don't mind when you come in, can you put it on mute, please? Thank you very much. We're recording live tonight at the underground. Matthew chapter three and verse one and two, it says in those days, John the Baptist came to the wilderness and began preaching. His message was repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. In Matthew chapter four and verse seven, 17, it says from that time, Jesus began to preach saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Luke chapter five and verse 32, it says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And Luke chapter five and verse 32, <laughs> it says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Remember that as you're listening to the word of God tonight. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 10, it says, in the same way, I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it says, and Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, do you ignore the fact that the purpose of God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. In Revelation chapter three and verse three, it says, remember then what you receive and heard, keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know what hour I will come against you. I say that, I say all that just to say, I'm not preaching anything new, you guys. I'm just another voice of this generation. It's the underground. And all I'm saying is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Man, 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 man. Appreciate everybody coming in. You know, <laughs> I was, as I was trying to, you know, do the uh, the introduction, man, I kept had to admit people in. So I appreciate the love. Appreciate God uh, drawing y'all into the underground tonight where we finna get into this word. Uh, we in a uh, man of God part two. Uh, shout out to everybody around the world in different countries and different nations and different uh, hoods uh, who's logging into the underground. You know, we've been uh, seeing that, man, God is really spreading his word. And I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate you guys coming in here hungry to hear the word of God, man. Uh, <clears throat> before we do start, let me encourage some folks real quick, because I, I want to encourage some folks, but. Because, you know, once we get into this word, it's going to be a boxing match. You know, some of y'all going to get stung tonight. So before we get into all that, let me encourage some folks tonight. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to encourage those who you have some small beginnings. You have some small beginnings. In Zechariah 4.10, it says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. 
the small beginnings. There, there's somebody out there. You went from going out every day of the week and now you're just going out once a week now. You're going out once a month. I want you to know God sees you and he rejoices over your small beginnings. There's somebody out there. You was fornicating every day of the week. You had it. You had it popping every day of the week. But now you just down to one person. Now, I want you to know, do not despise them small beginnings. Do not despise that you're trying right now. Do not despise that. You went from smoking five blunts a day. You was rolling up every hour of the day. And now you down to one blunt a day. Matter of fact, somebody down to one blunt a week. I want you to know, don't despise those small beginnings. You keep on coming to the Lord. You keep on asking him to wash you. You keep on asking him to clean you. You see what I'm saying? You went down from, you was cussing out several people a day. You was cussing out everybody a day. I mean, you was cussing out more than five people a day. Now you just cussing out one bad driver a day. Do not despise those small beginnings. Give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself a pat on the back. You went from going to the club, tricking all your money off, tricking all your money at the strip club, bottle service everywhere. And now you just going out, you just getting you one drink now. And you don't even stay until closing time. <laughs> Give yourself a round of applause because I want you to know that's how the walk begins. It's a struggle. It's a back and forth match. But do not despise these small beginnings because the Lord rejoices in it. Your family may not rejoice in it. Your friends may not rejoice in it. Your husband may not rejoice in it. Your wife may not rejoice in it. And your kids may not rejoice in these small beginnings and these small steps that you've taken to save yourself, to save your soul. But I want you to know God rejoices with you. God rejoices with you. You used to be on a Henny. You used to be on a Lean. You used to be on a Yak. You used to be on a Patron. You used to be on a Gin. But now you're just sipping you some wine. You just give, your, you give yourself one glass when you get off work. These are small beginnings to the life of holiness. And don't despise it. Stop being so hard on yourself. Remember where you was. Remember how far God has brought you. Remember how you used to cuss like a sailor. Now you just, you, you watch your mouth now. Before you even finna cuss somebody, you say, mm -mm, let me not do that. Let me not do that. That's a victory right there. That's a victory. He used to, used to, he used to be able to come over every day of the week. She used to be able to come over every day of the week. Now you just, just come over on Saturday. That's a victory. I want you to, uh, matter of fact, if nobody clap for you to, let me go ahead and clap for you. Because those are victories. You got your key back. That's a victory. You told me you got to get you got to get your clothes up out of here. That's a victory. You have to celebrate those victories because there's a warfare. There's a warfare that's going on in your life now. So celebrate your small victories. Clap for yourself. Round of applause. Yes, you have to clap for yourself sometimes. Stop waiting for others to clap for you. You see what I'm saying? You got to stop waiting for others to clap for you. All right. Say, so check this out. God has no phone, but I still talk to him. God has no Facebook, but I'm still his friend. And God has no Twitter account, but I still follow him. What about you? What about you?
What about you? Have you been following God this week? Did anybody have to force you to follow God this week? Did anybody have to force you to make those righteous decisions this week? Have you been listening to the Holy Spirit? You know, because that's your confidant. That's your ace. Have you been listening to him? All right. All right, before we get into this message, let me go ahead and uh go a couple of things. First of all, when y'all come in here, y'all go ahead and greet each other in the chat. You know, go ahead and say hey to one another in the chat. Don't be walking, again, don't walk up in here like you walking in the club with your head all up, with your nose stick. I don't you do that. You, you, Yeah, there you go. Go ahead and greet everybody. Say, hey, there you go. Hey, family. You know what I mean? And uh, number two, have you gave God the thanks today? Have you thanked him for anything today? And Psalms 100 and verse four, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. I'm wondering, have you done that today for God? Have you entered into his gates? Have you told him, God, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for allowing me to have a job to go to. Thank you for allowing me to drive. Thank you for the blood going through my uh, veins. Thank you for the water. I got some water. It's hot out here. So thank you for the water, God. Thank you for another day. See, I'm seeing, I seen a video, you know, hey, hey, it can be your last breath. Just like that. It can be your last breath, no matter who you are. No matter if you're a legend, no matter what you do. It can be your last breath, so we got to be thanking him. When you have breath, give him praise. Give him praise. We have to be giving God praise any chance we get, because we don't know, y'all. We don't know. So I just ask you, have you gave God the thanks today? And also, so if you look in the chat also, you'll see all the scriptures that we're going to go over today. All the scriptures that we're going to go over today. These are scriptures that, hey, if you don't follow along, if you're just listening and you may be cooking right now, you may have to watch kids right now. You may be doing all those type of things, which I totally understand. And you really can't follow along. Well, the scriptures are going to be in the chat and you can go over it throughout the week. Get your study on. You know what I mean? Because I totally understand that, hey, I'm just thankful that you guys take a little bit uh, of your time to come in here and listen. You know, I, I understand that you don't have to do that. So very grateful for that. You know what I mean? And also, if you know anybody, uh, if you know any, especially young people who just love listening to the word of God or who need some guidance when it comes to this word of God, please share this podcast with them. And when they ask you, man, who is that? Just let them know. He ain't nobody. That's just the voice. You know what I mean? He's just the voice. Just let them know that, man. He ain't nobody special. He's just the voice of one calling out saying repent. All right. So, yeah, the things we're going to talk about today, again, everything that you're going to hear tonight is not coming from my own opinions. It's not coming from my own, uh, 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 like, human thoughts, human understanding, human wisdom. It's coming straight from the word of God. All right. Straight from the word of God. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 89, in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 89, it says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Y'all hear what God's saying? He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. He say, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That's why we got to get into the word of God when we're trying to hear what God have to say. 
we can't go off human understanding. God said, I don't think, I don't move like y'all. My ways are not like y'all ways. I'm, I'm trying to call y'all up. Don't try to call me down to where y'all at. I'm calling y'all up to where I'm at. So that's why we got to dive in the word of God. See what I'm saying? Get your scuba, do, uh, your scuba gear on because we diving into this word tonight. Hope you can go deep. Hope you can go deep because that's where we got to go. If we want to see change, if we want to see change. Everything that you're hearing today is coming from the undisputed, everlasting, always standing, Jesus Christ branding. It takes no loss, and it always wins. It knocks out death, and it punches out sin. It's the heavyweight champion of the world, the word of God. It has never been defeated, you guys. The word of God has never been defeated. Say what you want about the word of God, but I promise you it's going to always be proved true. That's the word of God. And you, believer, you have to live by the word of God. Man should not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is what we are striving to do. That is what we are striving to do. All right. All right. So last week, y'all know we started on man of God and we talked about. Uh, it was man of God, part one. Previously on man of God, part one. Y'all know when you're watching your favorite show on uh, like Netflix or Hulu and they do that, they start previously on the <laughs> and you can't wait, you know what I'm saying, to that show come out. But previously on Man of God Part One, we talked about how a man of God is supposed to, first of all, we got to repent. A man of God must have a lifestyle of repentance. His life must show that he's living a life of repentance every day. And then also, he has to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Why? Because that's what the word, that's the standard of God. That is the standard of our God. He said, you must accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I know some people in this world that we live in, we don't like that. But that is the standard that God has set, and we must follow if we're trying to inherit the kingdom of God, my beautiful people. And then we talked about how man of God has to always, always live in his life and striving to be in the truth. He, his life wants to embody the truth. When he speaks, he wants to speak truth. When he's talking to any woman that he's uh, involved with, it's all about truth. When he's dealing with his kids, it's all about truth. When he's dealing with coworkers, when he's dealing with friends, he wants to embody truth. So when they look at his life, as the scripture says, holy and blameless. These are the things a man of God is striving after. These are the things, woman of God, if you're seeking to get yourself a man of God, or you're in a relationship with somebody who's claiming to be a man of God, these are two key things that a foundation need to have. Does he have a lifestyle of repentance? You see what I'm saying? Who is it that he says his savior is? And is he in truth? Is there any falsehood that you can point out? Get your red marker out. Is there any falsehood? If it is, that's a red flag. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Vice versa to my young man out there, to the man of God out there. Hey, get your red pen out when you're dating somebody. 
And when if you start to see some falsehood, put an X. Act like you a teacher. Grading a paper. Uh-uh. Put an X. That's an X. Uh-uh. And if you and if you get to the end of their paper and they got an F, why are you still with them? <laughs> they didn't pass. So uh, uh, why are you still with them? Uh-huh. Unless you want to be uh, t- uh, tutoring them all your life. <laughs> you know, why are you still with them? But anyway, so this week, we're going to talk about God's glory. God's glory that flows through a man of God. God's glory that flows through a man of God. This is a very uh, touchy uh, topic because sometimes we got to be very careful on how we say God's glory is flowing through people or God's glory is flowing through a ministry or God's glory is flowing through a certain person. And in scripture, it shows us what the glory of God is, is doing in a person's life. In a man of God, if he's carefully walking with God, the glory begins to fall on his life. And that glory begins to trickle down to his wife. That glory begins to trickle down to his kids. That glory begins to trickle down to everybody he begins to come in contact with. The glory of God. A man of God purpose every day is to paint a picture for the world to see. For the world to see. Everybody you're around. It is your purpose to paint a picture for them to see the glory of God through your life. So when you at work, you are painting a picture for your coworkers to see the glory of God flowing through your life. You're painting a picture the way you talk. You're painting a picture the way you see. You're painting a picture the way you work. And it begins when this glory begins to flow through your life, when this glory begins to flow through your mouth. He begins to teach others in the world, in the workplace, in his own home. He begins to teach others, not just with what he's saying out of his mouth, but he begins to teach others with his lifestyle. He really don't have to start saying much. He really don't have to talk too much. His lifestyle, because the glory of God is on his life, he begins to teach others just by them watching him. That's when you know the glory of God is beginning to work in your life. It's beginning to flow in your life. That is the goal. When we talk about goals in our uh, society, if you are a man of God, it should be goals. Hey, welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I'm just divorcing one calling out saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I appreciate you coming out. Hey, when you come in, if you don't mind, if you put it on mute for me, please. Thank you very much. But I appreciate you coming out to the underground. But that should be the goal for every man that's trying to get in a relationship with God. How can my life, without me even speaking, teach my wife? How can my life, without me even saying a word, teach my kids? How can my life exhibit the characteristics of God without even me preaching a sermon. That's when you start to see the glory works on you. Now, you may ask, okay, what is the glory of God? And when you study out the glory, it's so many different scriptures and everything, but one thing that God is dealing with me, he wants me to make it very simple for people. We got to make it simple sometimes for people. 
you know, knowing your audience, understanding who you're talking to, you know, not force feeding them, but, you know, cutting some things up and making it simple for them. So let's pay attention to what the glory of God is. It says the glory of God is the beauty of his spirit. It is not a material beauty, but beauty that emanates from his character, from all that he is, the total essence of who God is. In Exodus chapter uh, 13 and verse 15. Exodus chapter three, excuse me, y'all, 13 and 15. Let me read this. It's a little uh, scripture that kind of describes the glory of God. It says, uh, Moses, he said, but Moses protests, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. That's the glory of God talking. I am who I am. You can say whatever you want about me. I am who I am. The glory of God. Say to these people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also, uh, also said to Moses, say to this people of Israel, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. He has a history about his essence. You can ask people about who he is. He has a reputation of being who he is. Yeah, everybody who you talk to go say the same thing about who he is. Oh, that's oh, that's God. He, he, he is who he is. So a man of God, if you go ask a person over here about who you is, they go say the same thing about it. And then if you go ask somebody in that other department, they go say the same thing. Because you are who you are. It's in your essence. When you're around anybody, the truth comes out. When you're around anybody, the fruits of the spirit comes out. That's the glory of God. It begins to flow like that. No matter where you at, you at the gym. You ask people at the gym, man, who is that? Man, that's that dude. He be, he be always talking about God. You go home, you ask him, what he be doing? Man, he always talking about God. You go to the uh, you go to the uh, restaurants, they ask, man, who is that? Man, he always talking about God. You go to Timmy Chan, they say, hey, that's that dude. He always talking about God. You go to the flea market, they say, man, that's that dude. He always talking about God. That's what you embody. The glory of God. See, God don't switch up for switch up on nobody. He didn't switch up on Abraham. He didn't switch up on Isaac and he didn't switch up on Jacob. So I ask you, man of God, why are you switching up so many times? Why you switch up when you get around that little female? Why you switch up when you go to the job? Why you switch up when you get around a certain friends? See, when you switch up like that, it shows that the glory of God is not flowing in your life. But I'm here to encourage you and let you know it can start flowing. Just don't switch up. You know what you stand for. You know your beliefs. God didn't switch up for anybody. He didn't switch up for Moses. He didn't switch up for Peter. He didn't switch up for Paul. He didn't switch up for none of the disciples. He didn't switch up for Ezekiel. He didn't switch up for David. He didn't switch up for Solomon. He, he was who he was. Whether you like him or not. 
that's when you understand this man has the glory of God in his, he's his same way everywhere he goes. Turn down for what? If God ain't turning down, man of God, why are you turning down? Why are you apologizing? Why did you post it if you go apologize for it? See, when God wrote his word, he didn't apologize for it. So I'm asking you, when you post something, when you tweet something, when you say something, why you apologize for it? You need the glory of God, bro. See, I'm talking God talk now. That's supposed to flow. You know, in H time, we love when we when we uh bust a flow. You see what I'm saying? But you gotta be in tune for that flow to be on point. So, oh man. So I'm just letting you know, if you want the glory to God to flow in your life, man, you got to be in tune. You got to be in tune with that spirit. If I'm talking too loud, take your nutty professor finger and let me know if it sounds too loud in, uh, in y'all ears in the chat. But if I sound good, give me a thumbs up, please. Because I just want to make sure, that, especially the young folks hear all this, man. And this thing might be going, this thing finna get into the prisons. Yeah, we finna tap into this the underground going into the prisons. Yeah, Harry Tubman gave me the uh, blueprint on how to go underground. I'm going into the prisons with this, man. Let's go, God. But anyways, talking about the glory. You see what I'm saying? In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 and 3. Check out what he says, y'all. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Who is his son? Jesus. That's how he's speaking through uh, to us. Whom he appointed the heir of all things. Through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God. And the exact imprint of his nature. If you want to study the nature of God, study the gospels. But do you see how Jesus, the son, was the exact nature of the father? And if you're calling yourself God's child, you shall have the exact nature of the father. How do you get that? The glory of God. The glory of God, man of God. Now, see, there's two different things you have. God's glory, and then you have humans' glory. You know, our glory, when you look at humans' glory, it comes by riches. It can be by looks. It can be by honor. It can be by titles, prestige, all these type of things. But I want you to know, humans' glory always fades. It always fades. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 24, it says this, for all people are like grass. All people. Do you hear what I'm saying? All people. White people. Black people. Chinese people. Mexican people. Honduras people. Jamaican people. Nigerian people. Zimbabwe people. African people. Rich people. Poor people. Dumb people. Smart people. Skinny people. Fat people. Light bones, red bones, black bones, all people. See, he's not a God of favoritism. 
He's not a God through favoritism. He says, all people are like grass and all the glory is the flowers of the field. The grass wither and the flowers fall. What he's saying, all that's going to fade away. It's going to fade away better than MJ on his best day. It's going to fade away. So it's not, it's not smart to get arrogant in your glory. Let me give you an example, uh, example from a, a worldly standpoint of you seeing the glory phase away. Uh, my wife, she she tends to show me certain things, uh, you know, social media and type of things. And she shows me sometimes these uh, entertainers who in their younger days, they, they was they was doing good. They, in their younger days, they was hitting the, they was hitting those notes and they was hitting those dance moves. But for some reason, they 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 are kind of pressed to put the glory down. They still want to hang on to glory. They still want to hang on to the fans worshiping them. But as you begin to see and you begin to hear certain notes that they hit, and you begin to see certain dance moves that they used to hit, but now they they used to turn in the circles real fast, and now it takes them almost five minutes to make the whole circle. What what is that? What you are seeing is the glory beginning to fade. But it happens to all people. It happens to athletes. It happens to pretty people. You see it. That you see it. They when they when they were young, you was like, ooh-wee. But as they begin to go through life, as they begin to go through trials and area, you start to see, okay, the glory is beginning to fade. This is a promise from God. I know we love to uh, speak the promises of God on our lives. Here's a promise that you can go ahead and speak on your life. That glory, yeah, them DMs, yeah, them likes, them hearts, they go fade. Mm-hmm, they go fade. Just keep on living. They go fade. But if we embody that type of mindset, if we start to let that mindset begin to work in our life, it'll keep us so humble. It'll keep us so humble. And that's where we gotta be. We need to be humble because you know, God resists the proud. Some of us, we, we get proud as soon as we get a haircut. As soon as we get a lineup, I don't know where that pride comes from, but it just comes. Some of us, as soon as we get our hair did and toes did and nails did and the white tips on our, you know, how we do it and, and a little uh, uh, diamonds on our hand, uh, pride, come, pride comes so quick. Some of us don't need money to be proud. We just need our hair did. <laughs> and we full of pride. <laughs> huh? Some of us don't need all that other extra stuff like some of y'all need for pride. You feel me? Some of us just need us a fresh outfit from Shein. <laughs> Give me a fresh outfit from Shein, and I'm good. I'm in pride right there. I don't even got to go nowhere, God. Just let me try it on. I'm in pride. <laughs> you ever try something on and in pride? <laughs> oh, you ever try something on and you in pride? You put it in your closet like, I can't wait to wear that. You in pride. You see what I'm saying? But I just want you to know that glory, all of that's going to fade. Even the way you look in certain clothes, it's going to fade. Yeah, it's going to fade. I'm sorry to tell you that, but it is. But that right there can keep us in such a humble spirit. And a humble spirit, man of God, 
it begins to let the glory of God flow in your life. Just in case y'all thought I was lost, I'm not lost. We still talking about the glory of God. A humble spirit allows the glory of God to flow in your life. Not just from the outside. I'm talking about a heart of submission to God's word. See, because when you ignore God's word, you in full of pride. When you look at God's words and say, ah, oh, man, that ain't, I don't need to do all that. That's pride. Obedience to God's word shows that you in complete submission in your heart. In your heart. And a man of God, check this out. A man of God totally understand he's going to have to give up some glory, some earthly glory from this world to follow Christ. Let me say that again. A man of God understand he's going to have to give up some glory that he's probably getting right now. Or he's going to have to give up some future glory in order to follow Christ. And that's going to be very hard for some of us to do. In Philippians chapter 2 and 7, let me tell you why we're going to have to do this. Because Christ did it. Rather, it says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, rather he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. In another uh, uh, version, it says, instead, he gave up his divine privilege. Do you see him giving up his glory? God gave up his divine privilege. All the glory that he had in heaven. All the worship that he had up in heaven. He had everything at his fingertips. He gave it all up. See, some of y'all going to have to give up them glories from them women, man. Man of God, let me talk to you. So you're going to have to give up some of them praise and worship service that you've been getting all your life in order to get the glory of God flowing in. You're going to have to hang up some of those glory days stories that you keep telling. God say, what about, can you tell some new stories? I know what you did back in high school and that's cute and that's cool. But what have you done for me lately? Shout out to Janet Jackson. God is asking that from y'all. What have you done for me lately? I understand what you did in your 20s. I understand what you did in school. I even understand what you did in middle school. And I'm telling you, all that didn't go in vain. But I'm asking, what have you done for me lately? Ooh, yeah. What have you done for God lately, man of God? You're going to have to put up some of that glory. You're going to have to give up some of those glory days, man. That's a hard thing to do. See, a lot of people can't sacrifice and really pick up their cross because they love receiving glory. But if we're going to be disciples of Christ, we got to do exactly what he did. He gave up divine privilege. There's some privilege, privileges that you might have to give up. You know you can get people to pay your phone bill. You know you can get people to pay your rent. I'm talking to both sexes right now. But see, those type of privileges, those type of earthly privileges, God say, you may have to give that up in order to be my disciples. Come on now. I'm, 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 finna, I'm coming for the chest now. I'm finna hit somebody in the chest now. He said, you're going to have to give some of that up. Those privileges that you have, those phone calls you can make, huh? 
You know, those those quick phone calls you can make to get some privileges done for you. God say you got to get it up in order to be my disciple. That's the heart of the thing. That's the heart of the issue sometimes when it comes to God. Give it up glory. Because let's be real. Some of us in here, we was that dude in the world. We was that woman when we was in the world. Wasn't we? We had fun. Yeah, some of us had a struggle because some of us struggling to be with God because we had we was that person in the world. We was it. Tell somebody say I was it in the world. Yeah, I had fun when I stepped out. I don't know about y'all, but I was I was that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that good. You see these pictures? It is a struggle for you now not to go out. It's a struggle for you. You ever see this is how you know you got it. You you was that person that 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 <laughs> oh man. You know you was that you ever been out. Listen to me, talk to me. You ever been out, y'all, and you out and about, and some of your just flesh say, uh-uh, everybody here didn't see me. I gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> you ever been like that? You supposed to go home, but you like, uh-uh, somebody gotta see this outfit. Yeah, somebody needs to see this skin. Uh, somebody needs to see this haircut. Somebody needs to see these new shoes. Somebody needs to see this dress. I've been working out. Uh, uh. I ain't going home right now. It's 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 two o'clock and you still looking for a place to go to, huh? That's the glory you got to give up to follow God. Tell somebody and say, go home. <laughs> go home. Yeah, stop going to them after hour spots. It's over with. The glory, you got to get it. <laughs> you got to get it up. You got to get it up. But you're doing something that Christ did, my brother. You're doing something that Christ did. Woman of God, look at this man that you're, you know, talking to, or that you're seeking to have a relationship. Or is this your husband? And he's saying, oh, man, I'm a man of God. Is he giving up some of that glory to follow Christ? It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take everything in you to give up some of that. But that is the cost of following Christ. You see what I'm saying? Let's keep on moving and grooving through this world. Man, welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I ain't nobody, y'all. I'm just the voice of one calling out saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So how do we know the glory of God is flowing through a man's life? How can I know that? What are ways? So if I'm talking to somebody, because, you know, people be calling scriptures. You know, people can quote scriptures, but how can I know that? Here's the answer, y'all. They have a lifestyle that's devoted and consecrated unto the holy God. I say they have a lifestyle. This is how you know the glory of God is somebody. They have a lifestyle that the glory of God is flowing through their life that they're able to consecrate themselves unto God. See, some of us just need the glory of God on our lives just to say no. I, I don't need to pray these long prayers. I don't need to preach. I don't need to sing. I don't need to have a ministry. God, just give me the glory to say no to some people. Yeah, I'm tired of saying yes to him. He, I said yes. He, he shouldn't be over here, but I said yes. God, help me say no to her. Help me to say no when they ask me, you want to roll up? Help me say no when they say, do you want to pull up? 
Help me say no when they say, God, hey, you want to go out? What's popping? What's good? Help me say no. God, help me say no when I get that text message. Hey, big head. Help me say no. I need the glory just to say no. Hey, stranger. No. <laughs> help me. Let's not make it too deep. See, the glory of God just needs to be, help me say yes to your will, God. That's what I need it for. I don't need it to have a big ministry. I don't need to start speaking in different languages. I just needed to say, yes, yes, I will stop fornicating. Yes, I will stop rolling up. Yes, I will stop going to the strip club. Yes, I will stop tricking. Yes, I will stop. Woo, come on, man. That's what we got to get back to. Just give me the glory to say no. Check this out, y'all. In Joshua chapter three and verse five, Joshua told the people, Joshua told the people, I'm telling the people right now, told y'all ain't nobody but the voice. It says, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. You haven't seen the amazing things that God can do in your life, man of God, woman of God, because you're not consecrating yourself. And God say, I know you can do it. Check this out. God say, I know you can do it because I see you consecrate yourself for that relationship. Tell me some of y'all haven't consecrated yourself for that relationship you want to be in. You started consecrate. You say, I ain't going to go out no more. He said, him, I'm going to go out no more. She said, you consecrated yourself. They told you they didn't want you talking to certain people. Guess what you did? You consecrated yourself. See, it's in you to consecrate yourself. So we can't have no excuses. That job, you consecrated yourself for it. Why? They said you couldn't, uh, if you wanted to work here, you had to have clean pee. Guess what? You consecrated yourself. You stopped smoking. You stopped drinking lean. But why? Because you was consecrating yourself for something higher that you wanted to get. So I'm here to tell y'all, if you're trying to get in a relationship with God, if you're trying to build a relationship with God, you're going to have to consecrate yourself. Let's stop thinking that God just be accepting anything. He doesn't. Woman of God, where you think you get that characteristic trait when a man is trying to pursue you, right? Don't you have a certain uh, mindset of, uh, show me that you want me. Where you think you get that from? The DNA in God is in you to uh, make those type of decisions. You tell him, wait a minute, if you're going to be talking to me, you can't be talking to everybody else. Where do you think you get that from? That's the DNA in God in you. That's the glory of God that's flowing through you, that you're able to think like that. You have a certain mindset that you want anybody that's involved with you to consecrate yourself. What well, God is saying, if you want to be involved with me, man of God, woman of God, consecrate yourself. And then it says, the Lord would do amazing things among you. You haven't seen the glory of God on your life, man, because you're not consecrating yourself. I encourage you, start today. There's no better time than right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah, if you want to get off this uh, uh, podcast and say, let me go consecrate myself. Let me go throw out these Henny bottles I got. <laughs> let me go. Let me go. Let me get these doobies up out of my ashtray. <laughs> let me get these 
these doobies. You know, you've been smoking them doobies all week. Go ahead and start consecrating yourself. Let me get these cigarillos up out of here. Let me get this. I don't need this spray no more in my car because I ain't smoking no more in my car. That's the that's the action you start to take. And I'm telling you, God would see those small things. And he say, when you do those things, he say, okay, I see you. Let me give you a little bit of my glory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me give you a little bit. I see you. There's an exchange that begins to happen. Right? Let's take it back to the corner. When a man, woman of God, when you see a man, he starts to show you. Guess what you start? Okay, you, okay, okay. You can come out. Right? And then as he begins to consecrate himself a little bit more, and he consecrate himself a little bit more unto you, you start to make yourself exclusive just for him. Well, I'm here to tell you, when you begin to consecrate yourself for God, he makes himself exclusive for you. Oh, my God. Come on, God. Talk to us. Encourage us, God. And when he makes himself exclusive for you, that's when you start to see the amazing things. Among you, do you see? Among you, he's making an exclusive for you. Come on now. Okay, let's keep on moving and grooving through this word. Y'all stay with me, stay with me. Ain't no games coming on today. Ain't no new shows on, so y'all y'all good. Y'all good. Ain't no uh, more sports, so don't be, okay, don't be trying to rush me in the spirit. Okay, Exodus 19 and 22. It says, even the priests, even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves so that the Lord does not break out, break out on them and destroy them. Do y'all hear that word God saying? He say, look, check this out. He says, so that the Lord does not break out and destroy them. Yeah. See, even the priests, which man of God, you are a priest in your home. Let me go ahead and bring that responsibility your way. Let me take a, a exit right uh, quick on responsibility. And I'm going to jump back on. Uh, you are the priest of your home. That pastor, that's not the priest of your home. Yeah, that deacon, that's not the priest of your She shouldn't be have to call the pastor to ask for prayer. No, sir. Mm -mm. God say, you are the priest of your home. Yeah, when you need healing in your home, uh, she should come to you because you are the priest of your home. When she needs a word from God, she don't have to call the hotlines. She don't have to call TBN. She can call you. She can tap you on the tap you on the shoulder and roll over. Yeah, she can tap you on the shoulder and you roll over. And you got a word right on time for her. just like that. That's the glory of God on your life. That's the glory of God on your life, man of God. Man, we need to get a uh, we need to see the pastor. No, you don't. Y'all need to see each other and y'all need to get there. Uh, you need to go up, uh, seek God, and he'll give you a word. He'll give you a word. Nine times out of ten, that word gonna come straight to you. <laughs> he gonna tell you, uh, you get right. <laughs> you know, because God not messy. Yeah, let, let me let me let me go ahead and say this. See, God not messy. Yeah, when you come talking to God, he not finna go gossip about somebody else. Uh, he gonna talk to you. See, we didn't we didn't water the God down. We think he may, God told me about you. <laughs> what? <laughs> God told me about you. No, he didn't. God ain't messy. Well, that ain't that's not his character to be gossiping. <laughs> no, 
God is going to talk to you about you. Get yourself in order. Okay? Come on, priests. I'm calling all the priests. Let's get ourselves in order. Yeah, because when y'all get y'all self in order, then y'all gotta y'all go definitely keep me in order. See, it's a it's a yin and yang thing. I'm encouraging all the priests in the homes right now, man. Get in your position so you can start seeing that glory flow from you to your wife, to your kids. Yeah, and to your whole family. You heard? But yeah, let me read another verse about this consecrating because I love when it talks about consecration because it, what it does, it just brings it. It really uh, encourages me and it, it, and it brings responsibility my way. It brings responsibility our way. So we can't be scared of this word consecration and we can't be scared of the word holy. Some of us get scared of that word. Don't be scared. It ain't gonna bite you. Okay. It says this, anoint Aaron. Exodus 30 and verse 30, anoint Aaron and his sons and his sons and consecrate them so they may serve me as priests. See what I'm saying? The glory of God needs to be on your life, man of God, so it can be able to pass down to your sons. To your sons. To your daughters. You are the first pastor in a life. You are the first bishop in a life. You are the first apostle in a life. You are the first deacon in a life. It is you. You don't need to take them to that prayer line. Man, you get you some anointing oil, put that on them holy hands of yours, and you pray for your daughter. You cast out that demon. You say, man, I can't do all that. Well, I'm telling you right now, consecrate yourself and you'll be able to do it. You'll be able to do it. God is no respecter of persons. That same anointing that you see these big pastors or that same anointing that you see your favorite bishop having, man, you can have that too, man of God. You just got to consecrate yourself. You got to stop going to Walmart at night. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. You were supposed to go in there. You're not supposed to be in there every night. What you doing in that Walmart parking lot? Huh? Why you at Carol's? You got to consecrate yourself, man of God. Why are you at the address? Come on, we got to start consecrating ourselves. These are steps. You say, man, I ain't, I ain't there yet. Man, what about these steps? Take these baby steps to start showing God, God, I'm serious about you, man. I'm so serious about you. Now, when, again, when we talk about the glory of God, we got to be real careful again. Because in our culture today, we have mistaken the glory of God unto a ministry. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes if you see a big ministry or you see a, 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 like a popular preacher or something like that, and, you know, they making a lot of noise or, uh, and not saying all of that is bad, by the way, I don't want to come against it like that. But sometimes people put the glory on, of God on those things because it looks like it is an effective ministry. Okay. Now I want to uh, challenge y'all when y'all get the time in Revelation chapter 12. Read that because I want y'all to know. Do y'all know who had the most powerful ministry in this world? One of the most powerful ministries. 
is Satan. Do y'all know he had a third of the angels? His ministry was so powerful. His influence was so powerful that he had a third of the angels leave heaven to follow him. But is the glory of God on the devil? No. So I want you to think about that. When you start putting the glory on God on ministries, when you just say, oh, that's the glory of God on that ministry. Wait a minute. Because you can be influential and still don't have the glory of God. You can be popular and still don't have the glory of God on your life. The devil, guys, and his ministry is growing day by day. He's so, he, I mean, this, 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 we can't not, he's very talented at his ministry. But he had a third of the angels. A third of the angels leave the heavens to follow him. That's a that's a a, a, a group of beings that we don't even we, we, we haven't even imagined in our minds, you know, how they think, how they move, but he has such an influence on them that they was able to leave God. That's happening today in certain a lot of ministries. Yeah, that's happening today in a lot of ministries. And a lot of pulpits right now. They're so inf they, they got so much influence. They're so gifted. They're so talented at what they do. But the glory of God is not on that. We talk about we when we see powerful relationships. I noticed that 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 a lot of people seem like when you see a power couple, it's like God has blessed that. I noticed that. I see the comments when when you see a powerful couple. But y'all y'all want to know who who was the most powerful couples in the Bible? Ahab and Jezebel. When you get a chance, read uh First Kings chapter sixteen through verse and, and chapter twenty one. When you just get a chance at your own time. This was the most powerful couple in the Bible, Jezebel and Ahab. They had prophets eating at their table. They had prophets knocking off uh, God's prophets. They had some of God's prophets were scared of this couple here. Very powerful couple. You think the glory of God was on their life? So again, I want you to be careful, man of God, woman of God, on where you put God's glory at, based on how it looks, based on how they take pictures, based on where they go on vacations at. Okay, be careful, because you know God's jealous. He don't like sharing His glory with uh just anybody. A lot of times, uh, when we hear people speak. The wisdom of peoples, the words that they speak, the way they sound when they speak, we begin to put the glory of God on people. But if you read Acts chapter 12 and you read about King Herod, you will see that this man gave a speech. That afterwards, people started saying this is the voice of God. He, he must have had so elegant speech. He must have had so much wisdom when he was speaking. They said, whoo, this is the voice of God. That's what the people began to say. This is the voice of God. But if you keep reading that chapter, you'll see, oh, God knocked him off real quick. 
because he was receiving that praise. When you go on Instagram, when you go on your YouTube channels and you hear people speak so deep, they got this wisdom about them. It just sounds so good when they speak. Be careful to put the glory of God on it. Be careful to say, oh, God is speaking through them. He wasn't speaking through King Herod. But the people began to praise him for human wisdom. I told y'all earlier, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Then we began to put the glory on God on the talents and spiritual gifts. If people can sing, man, especially in this generation, if people can sing, oh, they got the glory of God on their life. Oh, my God. If people can hit a high note, God is on them. <laughs> and if you can uh, blow on somebody and they fall out, or if you can do some type of tricks in the church or something like that, the glory of God is on you. It's true. They powerful. But if you read Exodus chapter 7, in verses 11 and verses 12, or you can keep reading, I want you to know they, they began to do the same thing that Moses' Aaron was doing. Let me read that, matter of fact. Let me go there real quick. Exodus 7, Exodus 7, verse 11. It says, then Pharaoh called his own wise men and sorcerers and these Egyptian magi uh, magicians did the same thing with their magic. They threw down their staffs which also became serpents. They was doing the same miracles that Aaron's was doing. Got to be careful who you put God's glory on. You got to have discernment, man of God. Not just discernment for yourself, but you got to have discernment for your family. Who are you putting your family in front of? It is your responsibility. Who are you letting feed your family? It is. It falls on you, man of God. That's why you need the glory of God to operate in your life. You need the character of God to operate in your life. You need to ask God, help me have the mind that you have, God. I need to think like you think. Because there's a way that seems right unto me, but it always ends in death. Proverbs 14 and 12 says that. Help me, God. And especially if it looks good. If some look good, we believe it's from God. If some look good, we believe it's from God. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. It says, these people, are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself disguised himself as an angel of light. Satan look good, y'all. Satan look good. Yeah, yeah, he look good. And his people look good too. Yeah, they, they talk good, too. They may smell good, too. That's why you got to have discernment. And where that discernment come from, the glory of God flowing in your life, you'll be able to sniff that out. You'll be able to sniff that out. Come on. 
Somebody in here needs discernment in their life. You, you have been caught up by the disguise. It says, but I'm not surprised even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. Did you get bamboozled, hoodwink? Because they disguise themselves. Ask God to help you get up out of that. And you're going to have to have discernment. You're going to have to be wise about it. Some of us in situations that uh, you just can't leave. Come on, let's go ahead and be real about it. You got to start. You're going to have to start seeking and fasting. There's some things you can't get out of without just seeking and fasting. How, why, God, how do we get rid of this spirit? The disciples came. How do we get rid of this? He said, hey, some just come out by prayer and fasting. Yeah, that's your consecration. God speaking to you. <laughs> you say you speaking to Yeah, God speaking to you. That's you. Go ahead and accept that word of God. Be obedient to it, though. Some of us going to have to fast. Some of us going to have to put up them chicken legs. Some of us going to have to skip that two, uh, two for 99 special. Some of us going to have to uh, skip them tacos from uh, Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. Some of us going to have to skip that double cheeseburger with extra onions from McDonald's with Mac sauce. Some of us going to have to skip that Timmy Chan wing dinner. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to skip that. Why? Because you're telling God, hey, God, I'm ready to consecrate myself. I'm ready to get up out of this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't walk with God when I lay down with Satan. Oof. Ooh-wee, Holy Spirit, don't you say that. Let's go make some. He said, you can't walk with God when you lay down with Satan. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about the attributes from God's character that display his glory to the man, which is supposed to trickle down to the woman and the child. Now, when you read Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 and verse 27, uh, God begins to talk about his church like the bride. He begins to discuss the church in a, such a way that he's saying, hey, you are my bride. He is the husband, but the church is supposed to be his bride. And check out what he said in verse 25. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansings of God's word. See, when the glory of God begins to flow in your life, man of God, it naturally, naturally trickle down to your wife. Your woman that you're walking with, your woman that you're talking to, your woman that you're about to marry, she's supposed to be a reflection of your character. Mm -hmm. She begins to become a reflection of your character so much, she begins to want to dress like you. She begins to want to talk like you. She begins to want to read like you. She begins to want to go to the... You see my baby laughing because she know what's up. Uh-huh. She, <laughs> she begins... <laughs> She begins to want to do those things. Why? Because the glory of God is just trickling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to tell her. It begins to just trickle down. 
She wants to get shoes like you. See, it's, it's something about you. It's the glory on you. She, I like the way he, I want to, I want those shoes. <laughs> but I'm trying to let you know, man of God, that's when you know the glory of God is operating in your life. Seriously, man. You don't have to say, hey, we going to church. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's just, hey, we going to church. She begins to take on her natural role. She begins to love the role of submission to her husband. When a woman of this age begins to love the submission role to her husband, you best believe the glory of God is working, baby. Because, you know, we live in a generation of, ah, it's all in me. That's our generation we live in right now. So when you begin to have a woman who's submitted to the things of God, the glory is working, dog. Say, bro, I'm serious. Listen to what I'm saying. The glory of God is working. You don't have to tell them nothing. You don't have to try to bribe. You don't have to argue about it. She begins to see God in you. This is how you know you have a woman of God. She's not really submitting to you. She's submitting to the God that's in you. Ugh. Mm. It says, look, check this out in verse 26, to make her holy and clean. Your lifestyle, man of God, when the glories begin to flow in your life, you make her holy and clean. You don't tell her she has to do these things, but your lifestyle speaks so much volume. She sees, let me get myself together. Let me start, yeah, let me get up and start reading my word. Mm -hmm. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It begins to flow. And then it says in verse 26, washed by the cleansing of God's word. You begin to clean her with the word of God that you're speaking in her life. How can you speak the word of God in her life and you don't know it? You expect pastor to speak to? Oh, my God. You expect the pastor to speak the word into her? If you give that position up to her, that's why she always talking about what pastor said. No, 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 no. It ain't what pastor said. That's why you got to get consecrated. Bishop there today, bishop preaching. <laughs> you know, it don't matter who preaching because you've been preaching to her all week through your lifestyle. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can miss a couple Sundays. Why? Because you've been preaching your, with your life. <laughs> she really just going to church to be amongst the believers because it said in Hebrews, you know, do not forsake the assembly of the saints. So she's just going to practice that commandment. But really, she really don't need to go to no church. Why? Because her priest been preaching to her. <sighs> okay, okay. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. I get crunk because I'm telling you, I know what God wants from the man. It's time for us to get back in our divine roles. And I'm encouraging all of the men out there who's listening to that. You may be in jail right now. You may be in ICU right now. Matter of fact, some of y'all may be in a crack house right now. You may be in an adulterous relationship right now. But I'm calling and I'm encouraging you and calling you to a higher calling. Let's get back to our divine roles. 
You was created by God. Did you forget who you was? Woman of God, did you forget? Did you let that relationship forget what you was called to do? Did you let that job stress you out so much that you forgot what you was called to do, woman of God? Okay, you got a couple of roles. Okay, you got a couple, you know, you didn't got a little weight gain on you. That don't mean nothing that you forget who you was called to be. Okay, your edges ain't on fleek no more. It's okay. Did you forget what you was called to be? Come on now. I'm calling all woman of God, man of God. Let's get to our divine roles and stop playing with these devils. Stop playing with these devils. They don't deserve your time. They don't deserve your conversation. They don't deserve your key. They don't deserve a draw. You giving them your a, a draw up top. You can put your draws in this. Now, that's a lie. Uh-uh. Get up out of here. I got to uh, I got to get the word of God back in me, baby. You giving your key away, man of God. What's wrong with you? I've been there. I've done that. I'm telling you, it would drag you down to the pigsty. You will start living your life like the prodigal. The man of God, you know what I'm saying? He begins to uh, show this glory to his wife, man. I'm telling you, the glory of God would be so heavy on you, man. Your wife begins to imitate it. And guess what starts to happen? Now, your wife begins to imitate this walk to the kids. because she's the first teacher of the kids, right? So she begins to imitate this walk to the kids. And now the kids begin to act like the mom because the mom is acting like the father because the father is acting like God. You see how that trickles down? That was the whole purpose of God's plan. That's why we need the glory of God to flow in our life. Let me tell you, let me show you how... Uh, the children begin to act like they father. John chapter one and verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. You know why the son was full of grace and truth? Because he was around the father who was full of grace and truth. He began to do everything he seen the father do. Let me get you another verse. Let me get you another verse. Let this word hit you. John chapter five and verse 19, it says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father is doing because whatever the father does, the son also does too. See, our kids, they do what we do. They move how we move. They talk how we talk. They dream like we dream. They spend money how we spend money. They go after things in life how we go after things in life. Jesus was 
walked that walk like he walked it when he was on this earth because he came from the father. He seen his father do it. Man of God, the glory of God needs to be on your life so your kids can see how you do it. So when they become older, they begin to imitate what they seen you do. See how that glory trickles down? It trickles down, man of God. It trickles down, man of God. The kids are watching us. And let's be honest, if we don't have God, we don't care if they watch and we go do what we do, right? That's why we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. We really don't. Be careful how you talk down on parenting. That's all I'm going to say, you, you know, because we don't know how to. Do, these are divine roles. God created father role. God created motherhood. God created husbands and God created wife. These are not worldly roles. We are all trying to get it together. So what I'm trying to say is we need the help of God to help us live a certain way in front of our kids. Because if Jesus did what the father was doing, our kids are going to do exactly what we are doing. Okay, I'm going to end off with this and I'm going to let y'all go. I appreciate y'all coming out to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. I'm going to end off with this, man. Genesis chapter one. God glories when his glory begins to operate in your life, right, man of God? You're going to see it through your creation. You'll start to create things out of nothing. Really understand what I'm saying. You, what the Holy Spirit is saying, excuse me. You'll really start to see God flowing through your life. And you'll just start creating something. You'll come up with uh, certain visions. You'll come up with certain business plans. You'll come up with certain ministries. You'll come up with certain names. You'll come up with certain ideas. You'll come up with certain uh, verses and topics to talk about to people. The spirit of God begins to govern your life, govern your mind, govern your thoughts. In Genesis chapter one and verse two, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Man of God, why are you not creating something? You're supposed to be always creating something. It says, now the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface. See, he created something out of nothing. I don't got no money. Create something out of nothing. If it's a void there, that's an opportunity for you to create. If it's darkness there, that's an opportunity for you to create. What he talking about right now? He talking God talk now. This is the essence of who your father is. He was a creator. He didn't sit around complaining about what he didn't have or what the man didn't give him or what the government didn't give him or what happened in the past. He didn't sit around talking about that. He said, where's something? Let me create something. Let me create a ministry. Let me create something. Let me create a book. Let me create a, a, a something. Let me create a coffee club. Let me create something. Let me create a chat in my uh, phone. Let me create a scripture chat. Just create something. Stop liking everybody else's creation and start liking your own. I'm going to get into that too. Let me keep flowing and going through this word. 
he was not waiting on someone to okay his ideas. See, he didn't wait for Adam and Eve to say, oh, I like that. No, 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 no. He said, I'm going to create without nobody even here. Oh, God. I'm t oh, God. I'm going to create with any. I don't need no likes. I don't need no hearts. God said, I'm going to create some with nobody around. I don't need somebody to okay what I create. Let me tell you how. Let me tell you how I know that too. In verse four, he said, "Uh, ooh, thank you, God." He said he saw, and God saw that the light was good. You see that? He saw. He created something. He said it's good. I don't need nobody to tell me it's good. I don't need somebody to share it. I don't need nobody to retweet it. I don't need nobody to like it. He said it's good. And then in verse ten, let's go down to verse ten. I'm in Genesis chapter one and verse ten. He said, God called uh, the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters. He called seas and God saw it that it was good. He was so self-confident. Oh, God. Whew. Come on, take your times. He was so self-confident in what he created. He didn't need, no, exactly, he didn't need validation from anybody. I don't need no validation from a race of people. I don't need any validation from a group of people. I don't need any validation from a minister. I don't need any validation from a church. I don't need any validation from a woman. I don't need any validation from a man. Whatever I create because I'm in the characteristic and the glory of God is flowing on my life is good. <laughs> I'm good. Mm-hmm. In verse 12, come on, keep going with me. The earth produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seeds according to their kinds. And God saw it, and guess what he said? It's good. <laughs> but wait a minute. You got to take it up. Uh, you got to get judged by it. Go on a voice and make sure you sound good. Let them uh, let you know. I don't, it's good. My voice good. I don't need nobody judging me. It's good. Do you see that? And if you take out verse 18 and verse 21 and verse 25, you will see God kept letting himself know, hey, it's good. He's not waiting on people to invest. He creates something and then he gives people the opportunity to invest in what he created. Ah, that's God right there. That's God right there. I'm not going to wait for y'all to invest in my, what I'm doing. I'm going to create something and I'm going to give you the opportunity because I know what I created is so good. You don't want to miss it. But if you miss it, it's your fault. You want to go to verse 28. Go to verse 28 in uh, Genesis chapter one. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue. You know what he was doing? Giving them the opportunity to invest in what he created. I'm talking to the man of God right now. Create something. Give your wife the opportunity to invest in you. Give your friends the opportunity to invest in you. Give your coworkers an opportunity to invest in you. Okay? You have a brilliant mind, man of God. Woman of God, you have a brilliant mind. Your mind was fearfully and wonderfully made. It took so, it, it was so fearfully and wonderfully made. It took nine months to make that beautiful mind of yours. 
you had to be in the womb of your mama because it was so carefully made. Why are you wasting it on frivolous things? Yeah, why are you wasting that beautiful mind on somebody who love you, who don't treat you the way you need to be treated? You don't have time to waste your beautiful mind on that man of God, woman of God. Today is the day that you tell them demons, them devils, hey, no more. I'm wasting my beautiful mind on that. No more. God gave Adam and Eve the opportunities to create, to invest in what he created. When he created them, he didn't say, hey, y'all think what I created was good. <laughs> you, you like it? Uh, you like it? Don't nobody. No, he didn't do that. He gave them the opportunity. Hey, what I created is good. You can invest in it. If you don't, hey, that's you. That's the mind of God. Why are you not acting like that child of God? First Corinthians in 420 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It is living by God's power. I'm gonna say that again. First Corinthians 420, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of, it is living by God's power. It's time to choose. Which one are you going to live by? You're going to be a lot of talk or you're going to start living by the power of God today. Man, I appreciate y'all coming out to the underground. A place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. This was an opportunity for us to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into us. Who am I? I told you, I ain't nobody special, man. I'm just the voice of one in the wilderness of H Town saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's the underground. I appreciate y'all coming out, man. I love y'all. Y'all be safe, man. And until next time, hey, follow God's word.